We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is mailback time, Woo! Vince. And I, so I've had the comments hidden the whole time, yes. so I don't know Vince what's coming. Vince gets so distracted when the uh, he just like like what's Ryan's that? that way too, man. It's just like what's going on in the chat. Like, hey guys, let's we're we're <laughs> we're, we're talking here. We're talking here. So uh, we got a bunch of them, man. So let's get rocking and rolling, Vince. Let's do it. Uh, super chat from Rob Osgood. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate. It. He goes. I know it was talked about when Jr. was hired, Joe Rudolph. But I can't remember. So what do you think the difference in the O-line will be from a Harry Heastan line last year to this year under Joe Rudolph? Coaching styles, technique, excuse me, et cetera. Well, Joe Rudolph, while intense, is not as intense as Coach Heastan. I'm <laughs> hoping that's the only difference. <laughs> and that's in practice. Have you ever watched Coach Heastan during games? He was not nearly as intense. I mean, he would he would get on him when they needed to get on him sure. on the sideline. But he was much calmer on Saturdays uh, unless he felt the offensive line needed a butt chewing because they weren't given it but if you were playing hard i mean it was it was correction it was teaching it was what do we got to do what are you seeing so but in practice it'll be a little bit different but other than that rob i hope that we don't see a lot of difference and that's kind of gets back to and now rob put this question in before the show started <laughs> gotcha. so um which we appreciate uh, and w- thank you for your super chat rob but but that's kind of like the answer to your question is kind of what we were talking about early in the show when we were discussing the interview process where one of the things that really impress the players is that the the most importance to him right were very almost identical to what care he stands most importance were and and if you if you look across the board with all great offensive line coaches they'll all run different schemes some guys are pin and pull guys some kind some guys are man scheme some guys are, are zone guys but there's there's things that they all believe in right it's it's great pad level it's about hand play good footwork assignment correctness and then playing with some some force you know being physical at the point of attack those are all things that that kind of uh, are true of all great offensive lines regardless of what your specific scheme is yeah 
And and so that comes from the line coaches. Now, some coach may have run this drill, another coach runs this drill, but at the end of the day, the drill, the drills are designed towards getting your guys to come off the ball with nice flat backs, explode their hips into contact, get their hands and feet working together, drive their feet through contact, play with great angles, and finish. Be great finishers. One of the biggest complaints we had about Jeff Quinn's offensive line is they were catchers. Yeah. They just kind of come off and absorb contact and hang on. You know, that then that's why you weren't running the ball. With Coach Heastan and with the great O-line coaches, even if you look like a guy like Bill Bedenball and Harry Heastan, right, the Oklahoma coach, they had some great O-lines over the years. Their scheme was 180 degrees different than Notre Dame's. Notre Dame under Harry Heastan the first time, they were inside-outside zone, and they'd run like a buck sweep a little bit, some counter and some a little bit of G scheme. They weren't a whole lot of – I mean, they, they ran a buck sweep a bunch in 2017, which is a pin and pull concept. But they were inside outside zone counter. I mean, that's that was their bread and butter, man. That buck sweep was like this play, this wrinkle they'd run three, four times a game that they're catching you because you're thinking here, 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 and then boom, we pin and pull, get that sucker out the gate, and then you're making a cut. Where Oklahoma was a pin and pull all the time team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always rappings, you know, doing something with all that stuff. But yet there were certain fundamentals that you found true in both lines trying to play with good pad level, playing with good angles, using your hands effectively, working your feet through contact, being good finishers, getting to the second level, all those type of things was identical as far as an emphasis on it, working within two completely different schemes, right? And so that's why my hope is, is that in that regard, Rob, there are no differences in that area. In, in as far as what the essentials are, what are the most important that Joe Rudolph is focusing on, I hope they're exactly the same as Coach Eastan. Now the drills will look different. Most likely, you know, some of those will be different. The way that Coach Rudolph goes about teaching will be different, which is always true, going from one sure. coach to another. Uh, but at the end of the day, I hope the end result and, and the style of play is you, you can't tell the difference. If you can't tell the difference between Joe Rudolph's line and Harry Heastan's line, then this is going to be a great year because now <laughs> these guys have that experience under Coach Heastan where right. Coach Heastan's not taking a right tackle on Blake Fisher with tons of talent but only has played a game and a half of football and missed basically almost his entire freshman year with an injury. Now Coach Rudolph gets inherit that guy, but with a, a, a year, two starts, plus a full other year under his belt. So you'll see that that growth. The, the hope is that this offensive line is even better. So Coach Eastan lays the foundation, turns the corner, reestablishes what you need to do, and then Coach Rudolph builds on it. And if he builds on it, this line will even be better than last year's was. Right. That's the hope. Yep. And, 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 uh, and it's going to look very similar. Because yes. the, the most important are the same. And that's, I, that's that's what I'm looking for. What you said, what I got out of that, the, the whole thing, I'm going to wrap it up with a little bow. <laughs> I get it, I you, get it. I'm long-winded. But, I understand. No, no, no. <laughs> if, but if you don't know the difference between last year and this year, that's what that's we right. want. I, that's yeah. absolutely what we want. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. T-Guns, over under 1.75 O-line. all the time, and we don't get as many of these anymore. I miss the over-unders. 1.75 is such an odd number. Uh, but anyway, O-line All-Americans by season It's T-Guns. What did you expect? I know. Of course, it's got to be different. Look, if it's if it's if it, if my bold prediction comes true, it's I'm taking yeah. the over because you've got you got Joe Alt and you got Zeke Carell. So I'll take the over. So Vince, to me, are are, are we talking any All American first, second, or third? I then think so. Then the over's easy. Okay. So we agree. I'm gonna flip the. I'm gonna I'm gonna narrow the question down a little bit. Okay. Just to just to have a little bit more. I want to get your prediction on this. Okay. How many? What is the number of All Americans by season's end? First team All Americans by at least one outlet. Man, I'm still actually taking the over. Are you? Mm-hmm. I I think there's a good chance that you could see both tackles and center. Like I, I think those. Oh, well, are we talking freshman All Americans or just All Americans? Um, let's go All Americans because Notre Dame, unless okay. Charles Jagasaw plays, Notre Dame. I, I, I it's cool. Right, if Billy Shrouth becomes freshman All American, but I hate those because he's not a freshman. Me too. I do too. Right? I just didn't. Yeah. I want to get the clarification on Let's the go the main one, okay. the big one. Okay, okay. Um, Unless it's a true freshman, then I'm okay with it. Sure. Right. And I and if a true freshman is starting, then I think some things have gone wrong. But that's another conversation. So, I, I oh man, I don't, I, I don't want to make it sound like I've got the rose colored glasses, but I think there's three different guys who could fall on a list as a first-team All-American, so I'll take the over. I, I like that. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. He's got a couple over-under, so we're going to kind of get back to his Beautiful. questions. We'll kind of go back and forth between those. And we okay. also have a super chat down here from uh, Matt, 2011 GT. I haven't seen you in a show in a while, man. Good to see it. Good to see you with us live today. Yeah, and thanks for the super chat. Changed really his avatar, too. It. Remember, he used to have that. He actually has to have his 2011 GT in the avatar. Yes, he did. now he's got his bearded face in there, so <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Finally able to make a live loving the content. Did you see that other show? I don't know what show that's. I don't know what to. show that is. I don't so, know. Matt, Matt, what Matt if you're still in here referring to. Yeah. Let us what know what show you're referring to, my friend. I don't Let watch know. anything, but Irish breakdown. We'll, so we'll address it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he's talking about a TV show, movie yeah, show. I don't know. So we'll we'll find out. But I hope Matt, let me know, man. Let me know what you're let me know what you're referring to. We'll, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Irish Guardian Not says, I'm interested in hearing the comparison between Harry, Jeff Quinn, and Rudolph's coaching styles. I hear that fundamentally Harry and Rudolph are very yeah. similar, but how does he compare to? 
Uh, yeah, it was just kind of went on to Coach Eastan. Gotcha. This is also one that was put out before the show started. Gotcha, because we touched on this. And, and, and I wanted to bring this one up again because I think this goes ties back into the first one, which is what are we going to tell the difference in this offensive lines, right? Because at the end of the day, coaching styles don't matter a whole mm-hmm. lot in, in regard to – and when I think coaching styles, I mean like how you go about your practices, what's your, what's your volume, right? Uh, what's right. – the language you use, some coaches don't believe in cuss words. Some coaches, it's just like second, it's like second nature to them. It's just like part of their vocabulary, right? That to me is, that's a coaching style. What I care more about is what's the end result, mm-hmm. you know? And and so to me, Joe Rudolph could be exact. Like Jeff Quinn was a sweet man. He really was a good <laughs> man. He really man. was. He was. I'm being totally. serious. Like, no, it was just funny the way you said it. That's all. Yeah, I completely agree guy. with you. And the I've kids, had conversations with him that are fascinating. And I like, promise you, yeah. they were him just walking up to you and starting a conversation. 100%. Because he's just a good dude. Because it was back you when he was I mean? an analyst right. and I was on the sidelines right. doing my Gatorade thing. Right. And because so he couldn't coach. Right. And so he was just out there just being there. Right. We just struck up a conversation and it, he approached me. Like right. it, it was awesome. It was a great conversation. Yeah, and, and he, he was he was not a he was different than Coach Eastan. I mean, their personalities yes. are very different, no doubt. But that's not why he wasn't effective, right? Coach Rudolph to me probably has a personality a little bit more like Jeff Quinn from a coaching style standpoint, as opposed to Coach Eastan. But it doesn't matter. What matters is what are your what are your most importance? Like what what are the are the things that you're emphasizing in practice geared towards getting your players to play fundamentally? smart football with right. force that's that's the key right and and unfortunately coach Quinn's units were usually fundamentally good even the 2021 offensive line early in the year they they had a lot of mistakes but you understood it you had a brand new left guard you had a brand new right guard you had a brand new right tackle I mean there's just you were replacing what four starters yeah. in the year before basically and one of the guys, two of the guys that got starting experience from the year before, Josh Lug and Zeke Carell, were getting starts this year at new positions. New positions, yeah, exactly. Right? You know, yeah. with Zeke getting being at guard and Josh bumping back out because Josh actually started a game in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty at center. Remember that when Zeke and and Jarrett Patterson both got hurt, we were talking about a six seven guy at center. Like it just, yeah, <laughs> you know, but it, you know, is what it is. So to me, I. I it wasn't it wasn't that that coaching style. It was you were not they were not coached to play with the physicality and the force. So so they were pretty assignment correct for the most part. They just didn't play with that drive. They were catchers yeah. a lot. And and we've right. talked about this. Part of the reason the 2020 offensive line was so successful is because those kids were meeting with Coach Eastand during the summer and at times during the season to make sure that those mm-hmm. those things were being reprioritized because they knew, because again, this is what the difference was between a coach Eastan line and the coach Quinn line. It's kind of like Vince, if, if you, your kids know, right? So you teach your children certain things and they're going to go and, and be in a class somewhere and, and a teacher is going to be saying something that's like, um, this guy sounds and has the same demeanor as my dad, but he's saying things that don't match up with what my dad told me is right. Or, or or whatever, right? Yep. So the message, the delivery, the all that may be the same, 
But if the message is different, if the emphasis is different, then then the kids are going to notice that. And they're going to like, no, that's not right. And so with the veterans on the 2020 line, they knew, okay, coach is going to get us set up with what to do and all that. But we know we can't be successful if we're playing the way we did last year. Because we we played for Coach Eastan. We know what's expected of you. We know that you're supposed to go out there and play this way, this way, and this way. You know, because Tommy Kramer spent two years with Coach Heastan. Tommy Kramer, uh, uh, Liam, I- excuse me, Liam Eichenberg spent two years with Coach Heastan. Tommy Kramer spent two years with Coach Heastan. Robert Haynes only spent one, but it was as a starter, right? It, you know, Aaron Banks spent a year with Coach Heastan. Josh Lug spent a year with Coach Heastan. They knew, hey, that's not right. We need to play this way. So then that's why they sold them out. And, yep. and then the leadership from those guys then kind of bled to the whole unit. Well, the next year when those guys are all gone, we saw what we saw, mm-hmm. right? And, and so at the end of the day, the coaching style doesn't matter as much as what are the most importance. And as long as Joe Rudolph's most importance are the same as coach he stands, I don't Correct. care about the style Yep. because the end result will be the same. And that, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about hearing what he has to say the first two days of practice, right? Because every coach I've ever met it, you know, what you value is what you stress the first couple of right. days of practice and what you demand in every single yes, day of work. Exactly. And he, he doesn't have to yell at him. Like, you know, Harry, he was a yeller. Right? That, that's not breaking news to anybody, right? He, he, his, the volume of his voice was, was high. I mean, he even yelled at, at our guy who was taking video, right? He, he's a yeller. And so it doesn't have to be yelling, but it, it, it's the stress that we're looking for what he's saying is the most important. What is he stressing? Uh, and how, I don't care how he gets it across. I don't, I don't care. You've had coaches that yell at you. You've had coaches that don't yell at you. You don't listen to the volume of the voice. You listen to the content that's coming your way. Like that's, that's the most important thing, right? So I don't care how he gets it to the players, as long as it's the right information that's getting passed on. That's all I care about. So agree. Yeah, so Agreed. we'll see what happens. It's a good. It's a good question. It's a great. It, it, question. it really is a really good question. It just, you know, it, it. I think that's something that if we were to say, if you and I didn't have coaching backgrounds, we would be wondering that. Absolutely. So like you know, this this guy seems a little bit different. What's that? Mm-hmm. What's that going to matter? Right. Uh, it's it's a very good question. Very good question. Justin Knox with the super chat. Thank you so much, Justin. It says love the show. As Shears, gentlemen, which three position? groups need to perform better than expected to put us in a playoff spot he meant to say as usual okay put that down later so just perfect okay i was like it's shears all right we'll go with the playoff like i know what that means i need my haircut (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah we both need haircuts okay which three position Mm. um three position game groups need to perform better than expected to put us in a playoff spot better than expected i don't Okay, I'm going to take the question as it is. Better than expected. Okay, Okay. Uh, because I think for me the biggest the biggest thing for me is that I I I think for me it's more about getting groups to play up to their potential. But there are there are three units that I think uh, could could have could have a big impact on putting them in a playoff spot. And the reason I'll say that is is because if a unit plays better than expected, Vince, then something that you were anticipating maybe being a weakness that you had to overcome with other areas becomes a strength. And so here, here's here's a couple. I don't I know if I can give three. you three. I'm curious to see what you write. Yeah, what, I don't know if I can give said. you three, but I'll do my best <clears throat> unless I go to special teams. But I'm going to give you one on each side of the ball. Safety. Check. If the safety position plays better than expected, this defense is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yep. 
the reason I can't say linebackers, because I actually expect the linebackers to play really well. If they play better than expected, holy crap, basically <laughs> is the way I look at it, right? Uh, offensively, it's tight end. I think we're Check. expecting this big jump, big big drop in production. And I think right. we will see a drop in production, but sure. I don't think we're going to see a huge drop in effectiveness. And part of that is because teams are going to be king on that group like they were Michael Mayer. So I think we're going to see a lot of clutch catches and big plays and things like that. So if the tight end unit is better than expected, and let's say we get like 50 catches from that group, that means this offense is going to be most likely means right. this offense is going to be pretty good. The third group, Vince, is, is tougher for me. Do you, who's your third? So I had safety and tight end written down. Mm-hmm. Those are two of my three. Uh, and then my third one, I put wide receiver. Okay. Uh, just just because I think the expectation, like that, that's the key word, right? I, I do think the wide receivers are going to take a step in the right direction. I think they're going to take a couple of steps in the right direction, to be honest right. with you. But to be a playoff team, I think they got to play a little maybe better than I expect them to play. You. And I think the potential is there for that to happen. Yeah. But it, it kind of goes part and parcel with the tight ends. If we're talking about, you know, receiving production, you're making the same things. case at receiver that I'm making a tight end. hundred percent. Right? Like, yes, okay. absolutely. I got you. Absolutely. And this, and it goes along with my thought that the offense is going to be better this year than it's been in a while. Right. So yeah. that's the fair. wide receivers, the tight end, like all of that needs to be, needs to take a step up. So those would be my three. Right. That's good. Somebody said D tackles. I actually expect the D tackles to be pretty good this year. Me too. Same with the defensive line. Like the def- defensive line should be good this year. If mm-hmm. it's not, there's a there's a coaching problem or there's a rash of injuries. Like this should be a pretty good defensive line. The question yeah. is, is it going to be a great defensive line? I think that's more of the question for me. Sure. Uh, but there's a lot of talent coming back. <clears throat> a, a lot of talent coming back. So yeah, it's a good I question expect, from Justin. I, yeah, though. It I, it's questions, Vince. There's a lot of I'm I'm <laughs> looking through these and star years. There's a lot of good questions today. There really are. There really are. Let's uh let's go with this one. T guns. If Spindler and Shrouth are starting guards by say week three, is the line going to end up winning the Moore Award? As long as it's not injury related, mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're gonna have a good shot. I mean, because again, if if Rocco Spindler has beaten Andrew Kristofik out by game three, as long as there's not like an Andrew didn't get hurt and like miss a three weeks of fall camp, right? right. As long as it's just a Andrew did his thing, but Rocco just was better, and by game yeah. three. He beat him out. Yeah, this line's going to have a chance to be the Joe Moore Award winners yes. for sure. Now, again, there's a lot more that needs to happen. The tackles need to be as good as we expect. Zeke sure. needs to take that jump, another jump, you know, in year two, that kind of thing, of course. But yeah, that's going to help them a bunch. Now, yeah. w- will that be the reason they win the Joe Moore Award? No. Could it be the final catalyst to it? Sure. Yeah. yeah this this combination right here is the highest ceiling of the five. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Like mm-hmm. that. That's how I feel. If those two are starting at guard, I feel like this offensive line has the highest ceiling possibility. Yeah. And 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 it is key though that that, that Rocco doesn't win it based on injury. If, if yes. everybody's healthy right. and all things are equal and every and he wins that spot, then that then the ceiling right. just went up even higher. And and line. I believe Tommy's question assumes that right that he beats him out. But I just wanted to make sure that people understood Absolutely. that that's what I'm referring yeah. to. And right, Vince. I want to read the next one because I want to get your thoughts okay. on it first right. before right. I answer. So Paulie B27 asks a question. I think this is a really good one, too. What is the most crucial aspect this season for Notre Dame to make a playoff run and actually compete? So let's take away coaching stuff. So Marcus Freeman needs okay. to make second-year growth. Or Rudolph's got to do his thing. Let's focus as far as the on-the-field product right? Yep. from a player standpoint. 
what is the most crucial aspect this season for Notre Dame to make a playoff run and actually compete? So meaning like you get into the playoff and you win a game, right? you know, <clears> go, <throat> go to the title game, or, you know, you play Bama, Georgia in round one, and right. it's a four-quarter, down-to-the-wire, last team that has the ball, last wins kind of game situation. That's what I view as competing. So win a game, right. be competitive in the next one, or even if you lose to a – like to me, what, what, I, what I will not say actually compete is if you get in and you play a Cincinnati – and you lose, that's bull crap. Like that's that's not right. positive, right? But you right. get in there, you play one of the, the big dogs and you if take they, them down to the wire. Yeah. If right? they if they get yeah. in and lose again, they haven't taken a step. Like yeah, well that's... I, I would say it depends on how they lose. Okay, fair I enough. I mean that, that's it's not the step you want, but it's at least a step. Like they weren't competitive You're right. in Alabama. It's a baby step. Right. It's a step though. You're right. Yeah. It is, it's a step in the right. As direction. long as that game now again, if right. that if the loss is to Florida State, then you haven't taken a step. Sure. If I'm talking about if they get in there and they lose in that kind of game to Georgia or Alabama. That's right. that, and it's a four quarter game. If right. it's like the 19 and 17 games against Georgia, if it's like that, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, where you have a chance a to win in the last possession, right. kind of a thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Then you've taken a step. You're not where you need to be yet, but you've at least taken a step. It's not the step, sure. but it's a step. So, but yes, yeah, so that's what we're going to Vince. So okay. let's let's answer the question. So, What's the most crucial aspect this season for Notre Dame to make a playoff run and actually compete? Okay. Here's how I'm attacking this question. Okay, I'm I'm going I'm going based on what the schedule says. Okay, so that my my answer is going to be schedule based. Okay, I have all the faith in the world that this team is going to be ready to play Ohio State, Clemson, and USC. I have all the faith in the world that that's going to happen. I I just I am. The crucial part for me is how do they play against NC State on the road? How do they play against Duke on the road? And how do they play against Pitt at home? Because of where those three games are situated on the schedule, how are they going to play those games? They've got the talent to beat every one of those teams and should beat every one of those teams. But the way that they are situated, so in case anybody is unaware, right? NC State is the first game on the road, uh, not counting Ireland, obviously, but it's the first legit opponent on the road. Duke is the one that follows Ohio State, and Pitt is the one that is sandwiched in between Southern Cal and Clemson, okay? How do they play in those games, I think, is going to be a telltale sign of how this team is coached and where they're moving forward to. Have they taken that step? Because they didn't play real well in those games last year. How do they play in those games this year? If they go out and they take care of business in those games, I think that's the crucial step to moving forward and playing and taking that step in the playoff. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I love where your head was because you thought outside the box on that one. That that was I, I love it. I'm gonna go a little bit more basic. Okay. What's the most crucial aspect? Quarterback play. Because that's been the thing holding them back in other games is quarterback play. Sure. If Sam Hartman is who we think he can be with the talent he'll have around him, because everybody talks about, well, you know, Sam Hartman really isn't playing with that much of a better roster at Notre Dame. And I'm like, well, explain. Well, he had A.T. Perry and Donovan Green and Ky- Kylan. I'm like, well, hold on a second. You're just focusing on one part of that, or the receivers. Well, what about the running backs? What about the tight ends? What about the offensive line? And more importantly, which doesn't get talked about enough, he's going to have a way better defense yeah. than he had at Wake Forest. He doesn't Wake need Forest, to shoot out offensively. Yes. He doesn't need to put the team on his back. Like Exactly. Here, here's a point, Ryan. 
or Vince. Goodness gracious. I'm sorry, dude. It's okay. It's okay. I call Ryan Vince. It's like <laughs> my grandmother's been calling me Marty, which is one of her sons right. for like my entire life, which it's kind of a compliment, you know, cause I know she, you know, looks at me that way. But like, if you look at Wake Forest last year, they won eight games last season, including an over a close overtime loss to, to Clemson and a three point loss late loss at Duke, a two point loss in North Carolina. They won eight games last year and gave up 28.3 points per game. It gets even crazier. In 2009 and 2021, they went 11 and three, and that includes a three point loss at North Carolina in a season in which they gave up 28.9 points per game. Notre Dame has a losing record last year if they have a defense that gives up 28.9 points per game, right? So it's not just the receivers. Now, I think it's debatable if – because my whole thing is if Notre Dame had Sam Hartman the last year and and Wake Forest had Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner last year, are you telling me how great the wide receivers are Exactly at Wake Forest? It's like no, the chicken and the egg, right? Like, right. You know right. what I mean? That, that's yep, that's the thing. Yes, they're good. They, he made them great receivers. That he made them very good, right? Because he's throwing them the football, right? <laughs> I mean, you're. I always, you know, when I was coaching receivers, I was like, "Hey, it's our job to make the quarterback look good, right?" Well, in this regard, the quarterback made the receivers look really good, and and I'm not taking anything away from At Perry or whatever. That that's not my intention here. But it helps to have a quarterback putting the ball where it needs to be right. for a receiver to be really good. And that's that's the biggest thing. So for me, for this team to be what it's going to be, if they're right. going to beat Ohio State, if they're going to beat USC and beat Clemson, if they're going to do what you talked about, win those tougher games at NC State, at Duke, at Louisville, he's got to be better than he was at Wake because he can't have those three turnover games. You go on the road right. and throw three picks against NC State like you did last year, Notre Dame can lose that game. Sure. You know, same thing against like a, a North Carolina – I mean, excuse me, a Duke or a – Pitt or a or a uh, Louisville, right? Teams that he's played against. I mean, he threw like what three or four interceptions against Louisville last year. Can't have that happen this year. For right. Name. I don't think it's going to happen. There's a lot of reasons why I think some of that stuff happened. We'll, we'll get into, but I just don't think that's going to happen this year. I think he's going to have a, a lot more easy read throws, meaning play actions and RPOs, where because every team he played last year, Vince played to stop the pass. Yes, that's going to lead to more turnovers. Correct. Teams that play Notre Dame now are going to play to stop the run. And if they don't play to stop the run, then Sam Hartman's only going to throw for like 220 yards in that game, and Notre Dame's going to score 50 because right. they're going to run for 300. Correct. If Sam Hartman only threw for 220 at Wake Forest, barring something, they were going to have a tougher time to win those sure. games. Right? That's just the reality of it. So to me, Vince, it's it's that. it's it's He's got to be what we think he's going to be. Mm-hmm. He's got to be that guy that that's a 30 plus touchdown, 10 fewer interception guy that that more importantly plays well in the big games. Right. Like you look at the biggest game that they played in last year. He was brilliant. I mean, he was brilliant against Clemson last year. Give me that same energy when you're playing Ohio State, when you're playing Clemson this year, when you're playing USC. If he's that guy, then I think the rest of the roster is set for this team to be. A, yeah. A, Team to go out and win it, partly because I don't think Alabama's as good as they've been in past years when they've been title teams. I don't think Georgia's going to be as good this year as they have been in the last couple of years, but they're still going to be very good. Yeah. And and so you've got to be able to do that. That to me is the big key. It's it's quarterback. And of course, the, the other one is like other units can't underachieve. And there's always that kind of stuff. Of but like as long as those other units are just what we th- what they are, what they've been in the past, the biggest thing that's been lacking in the Notre Dame's playoff runs, playoff teams has been quarterback play. 
And I think they're going to be really good there this year. So right. to me, that's that's the big key. We got another super chat from Justin Knox. Thank you so much, Justin. How many points, if we're a legitimate playoff team, do we average this season? 35, 40? I, I, I mean, I don't want to jump on your answer here, but go for 40, it. 40 is the number that has jumped out at me for a long time. I feel like that's kind of the magic number uh, is 40. And I think they have a legitimate shot to do that this year. Short answer, but that's where I'm at. My answer is a bit of a cop out, and it's I don't know. Again, because I don't know how the rule changes are going to impact per game scoring averages. Sure. Also, Notre Dame's schedule is uptick this year. 35 this year combined with a tougher schedule and the shorter games could be a top 15 to top 12 scoring offense. I don't I don't know the answer to that, right? I mean, that's the difficulty. To me, at the end of the day, uh, what I care more about is being a top 15 scoring offense. I, that's what I care about. I don't care about being top 10 in yards. I don't care about being – I care about being top 10 in in, in efficiency, yards yeah. per play. I care about Notre Dame making a big jump in big plays, which will factor into the yards per play as well. But I care about them being a top 10 to, to, to top ten to 12 scoring offense. That's what I care about. Okay. They've got to be able to score like that. Uh, you look at last year, all four playoff teams, if, I, if I'm if i reading this, Ohio State, USC – or excuse me, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and TCU were all top 10 scoring offenses. They all ranked ninth or better. year before, it wasn't quite that way. 2021, however, Bama made the playoff. They were number six. Georgia was number nine. Cincinnati was 11. Michigan was at 16, right? So, again, all in the top 20 in scoring offense. The exception in recent seasons was Notre Dame in 2020, and they could not score in the playoff game enough to be competitive. You know, but you look in 2020, the other three teams that made the playoff that year, Bama was second, Clemson was third, and Ohio State was 11th. So you're seeing a theme, theme, top 15, top 10-ish scoring offenses. So to me, to kind of to I want to answer your question, Justin, but I don't want to say 40 points per game like Vince did, because <laughs> No, no, I'm not Vince. That's no, I get where you're coming from because the changes. If we're talking about the previous yeah. rules, then yes, like 38 mm-hmm. to 40 is where you got to be. But I don't know what kind of – it's not so much plays, it's possessions. Right. Right? And, and and how many fewer possessions are they going to be? Now, here's the other part of that, Vince. If they're a more efficient offense and their defense is getting more stops, Notre Dame is going to have the same amount of possessions, if not more, than they did last year. So then you do look at it. So sure. I, my whole point is I just don't know how the, the game is going to be impacted by the rule changes. But I can tell you confidently, Justin, that being in that top 10 to 12 range is where you need to be. And it's got to be there because you're consistently good at putting points on the board. Right. And and that's where I don't want to be. So, for example, in 2019, Notre Dame set an all-time scoring record for points, and they had their highest points per game total since, I, I mean, a, a long, long time. I mean, Notre Dame averaged 36.8 points per game. I don't know that they've done that. I mean, I can't remember the last time that Notre Dame had that kind of offense. I, I, I have no clue. I'd probably have to go back to, like, some of Lou Holtz's teams, I guess, you know, to kind of get into that category. I'm trying to see what the 89 team averaged. The, 80, the 1989 team, uh, which was a really dynamic offense, averaged 32.8, right? Because, again, different different era. Uh 91 team averaged 35.8. The 92 team, 36.4. The 93 team, 35.6. So 36.8 is really good. But here's why they averaged that many points that year. They scored 66 against New Mexico, 52 against Bowling Green, 
52 against Navy, 40 against Boston College, and 45 against Stanford. The only team, and then 38 against Duke. The only team of that stretch that had a winning record that year was Navy, who Notre Dame outclassed. But then they scored 17 points against Georgia and 14 points against Michigan. The two, only two other, the only, they played three ranked teams that year. They went one and two. They scored 17 points against Georgia, 14 points against Michigan, and then they blew out Navy, which I you know, don't care about. So <laughs> great, 36.8 points per game. But you, your offense did not show up in the two games that you lost, the yeah. two big games, the two best teams that you played. Your offense didn't show up. I would rather average 33 points a game because you underachieve against Tennessee State and Navy and those teams, but you show up and ball against those best teams. Now, I don't think that's possible. I don't think you can suck in eight games, but then step up and be great in the four that you went, you know, the big games. I think there's a level of consistency, which is where the average can be up. But I don't want to see them scoring 38, 39, 40 points per game because they hang a 70 spot on Tennessee State. Right. And a 60 spot on on, on Central Central Michigan Michigan or something. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. I don't want to see that. That doesn't mean anything. And they score 50 against Wake Forest. Right. Right. Don't care. Right. It's can you score 30 against Ohio State? Right. Can you score 30? plus against USC. Right. Can you win a shootout if you need to against USC? Can you go out and score a 35 again on Clemson on the road? That's what I care about. Now, you could score under your season average in all three of those games and have a great offensive performance, right? And that's what I care about. That, sure. That's the ultimate goal for me. Uh, so to answer the question, top 10-ish is where they need to be ranking-wise. We'll have a better idea after the season of what that looks like relative yeah. to past seasons. And the new reality of what yeah. offense is. It, it may not change a whole lot, Vince. Yeah, it, right. it, it may not. I don't know. It, it could still be the same range. I just I don't know the answer to that. But we'll find out. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. I just I just I honestly can't tell because I could sit there and say 40 and they score 37 and rank sixth in scoring. Right. Well, right. they get to 40. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we now right. have a better context, and I think that's where Vince right. is coming from. Is like forty in the in past years meant top ten. It meant seven, eight, right? It, that, it, it, was, it was always the magic number. Like it just right. felt like forty was the magic number right. going into you know. Like yeah. last year, if you score forty, you're you rank seventh or higher. And twenty twenty one, if you if you average forty, you're you're sixth or higher. Uh, the year before that, in twenty twenty, I don't even count twenty twenty because it was such a it's weird, such year. a weird year. Like there's a team that was had played, played four games, the played the yeah. same seven, a team that played six, you know that kind of thing. Twenty nineteen, right. if you were at forty, you were no lower than ninth. Twenty eighteen, if you were at forty, you were you were twelfth or higher. And a lot of those teams were were again two see two MAC teams in there. You had Utah State, Houston, Central Florida. Yeah. You're, you're top five or six in Power Five, right? So so to Vince's point. If you're top 40, you're top 10. Right. So we're saying the same thing, Vince. It's just. Right. I always forget the new reality yeah. of these rule changes and how that's yeah. going to affect things. And Yeah. But we're point. on the same page with, yeah. the, with what 40 mean. What 40 in the past meant. Correct. Is top seven to eight. Right. And that's kind of where I'm at. Agreed. It. Yeah. Top 10 for sure. So yeah, we're, we're on the same page. buddy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running. Everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. T-Guns, best odds to become an All-American from non-tackle players. 
So I'm I'm well, gonna go with talking um, offense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we're talking O line. Okay. I'm gonna go with Zeke Carell. Yes, because he's a known commodity. It'll be him or Billy Shrouth. Because there's always the thought of, hey, this younger guy came out of nowhere. But I usually feel like with all American lists, there's there's some level of like part of the reason Joe Walt was an All American last year is because he was on people's radar because he was a Correct. freshman All American the year before, and he played. And for that's the key. Stand. And the right. fact that Zeke Carell is garnering some preseason love, right, it puts him on the radar, and that's right. It it, it feels that way from an offensive line standpoint you've got to be on the radar because there's so many people that just don't evaluate offensive linemen very well. I'll just say that. And if you're not on the radar, if you're not a known name going into the season, then you're not going to be a known name going out of the season. Unless, unless some analyst picks out an offensive lineman and it gains traction throughout the season. You know what I mean? Like it has to be a known name. It has to be. And it that, that is more so at the offensive line position than any other position in football because you don't have any stats to go along with it. You can make up stats and you talk pancakes and all kinds of other crap, but it's not a statistical position. You have to be able to evaluate the position and so many guys just aren't good at it. And so if you're not a known name, then you're not going to get a lot of love. Zeke Carell's getting some love, some preseason love. So his name is going to be out there as a center. So I think he's got the best shot as well. Yep. I dig that. Good answer, Vince. Very good answer. Rob Osgood, who do you think will give the Notre Dame offensive line the biggest challenge this year during the regular season? I think Ohio State. I think for a couple reasons. Number one is Jim Knowles is not going to just be a sit back and oh no, you know play your play our yeah right like Clemson did. You're not going to get that. Hey, our guys are really good. We're just going to sit back and do our thing. Their thing, they're going to do their thing, but their thing is complex. It's twists. It's 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 delayed pressures. It's and the other part is that's the most talented defensive line they're going to play all year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think they underachieved a bit last year, but it's kind of like uh, part of the reason that I'm higher on Ohio State than most people are. You know, like I see a lot of Notre Dame fans, maybe I should say, and and some of the like there's some national people very high on Ohio State, and mm-hmm. and some people are too high. Like I have yeah, twelve different guys that are like slated to be first round draft picks by somebody. It's just absurd. Wow. But the point is, is, is there's a lot of talent on this football team, and especially the defensive line. You've got all those highly ranked former five stars. Jack Sawyer has not played like a five star. JT flashed that last year. Uh, Michael Hall is that kind of guy. And then there's a lot of depth there. You know, and, and I think they're going to be fine losing Zach Harrison. They're going to be fine with Javante Jean-Baptiste because they're, they're, they're pretty talented. They're pretty deep. I think their linebacking core is going to continue to be good. But the argument that I'm going to make with them is part of the reason I think they're going to be better this year is they're going to be healthier on offense, right? So we'll see how the quarterback – I mean, you had C.J. Stroud last year, but C.J. didn't have Jackson Smith and Jigba. Your your running backs were banged up all year. There were things like that that kind of went into play. But it's kind of like the same argument that I'm going to use for Notre Dame. I can't say that I think Notre Dame's going to be better on defense this year because you're going into year two of Al Golden and then not make the same argument for Jim Knowles. Right, because you're in the same situation. The only caveat that I will say, and this is the I'd say caveat. This is the one a bit unknown that makes me, in the back of my head, as soon as I say that, kind of question it a little bit, is because the one thing that I that I will say about Jim Knowles is his defense is 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 really complex, and 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 you saw a lot of improvement from Ohio State last year. The problem is, is that his previous stops it usually took till year three. Mm-hmm. I've heard to really that. see a big difference, right? So in, in year one at Oklahoma State, they went from 32.5 points per game the year before 
Actually, I'm sorry. His first year is 2018. They went from his first year in 2018, they gave up 29 or 32.5 points per game. That was actually up from the previous year from 29.4. Same thing happened at Duke when he took over. I think he took over in 2012. Let me just check his resume. 2010, actually. Over 2010. So in in, in the first year before in 2009, they gave up 28.3 points per game. They gave up 35 his second year. And then 31 the next year, 36 the next. It, it really wasn't until year four. Now, the, the, at, at Oklahoma State, it wasn't until year three that they took over, right? So you look at Oklahoma State in, in 2018, his first year, they gave up 32.5. They gave up 26.8 the next year, and then 23.5. So that was when they started really, really good. And then year four, they exploded. But they were pretty good in year three. Here's the difference, though. He never had the talent at those places. Right like he's going to inherit at Ohio State. So he wasn't just rebuilding the scheme at Duke and Oklahoma State. He was rebuilding the roster. Sure. At Ohio State, you don't really need to re. I mean, there's some areas you need to get a little better here, a little better there, you know. But you're not – you're inheriting a pretty talented roster. And we saw a big jump in year one. I mean, they were not great last year on defense, but they were much better than they were the year before. I mean, you know, 2021, they were 22.8 points per game. This past year, they're 21.0. That might not seem like a whole lot. But I would argue they played a better schedule this year, honestly, than they did in 2021. But they here's the thing. They played better in the big games. Like they gave up 42 to Michigan the year before, 45 to Utah. Um, they gave up 35 to Oregon in a loss, 31 to Minnesota. They had a lot of blowouts of bad teams. They only gave up seven to Akron, seven to Indiana, seven to Michigan State, stuff like that. Where this past year, you know, they, they gave up 45 to Michigan in, in a – bad game but they they had just better performances overall to me uh there was a little bit more consistency and their offense wasn't as good last year as it was the year before because they couldn't run the football the way they could the year before because right. of all the injuries at running back and some of the issues on the offensive line so you know there there's some question marks at Ohio State offensive line and all that but I really do think their defense is going to be able to carry that team much better in some of the bigger moments than it did in the last couple years now how much of a jump will that be I don't know but the one thing I do know is their defensive line's very talented, and their defensive line kicked Notre Dame's offensive line's butt last year. Yeah. So yeah, did. that I mean that that you know so to make a short story long, uh, that's why I think Ohio State is that team. I think they're going to be a much better on defense this year than people think. And the other part, Vince, is they do so much of those delayed pressures and different stunts, and they bring safety fires, corner fires, all that. They put a lot on an offensive line. Where yeah. Clemson just I just said, hey, we're going to line up and play our game because we're better than you. And Notre Dame was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I hope um, they do that again, by the way. Yeah, me too. But Ohio State's not going to do that. They're not just going to sit back and say, hey, we're better than you, so we're just going to play basic stuff. That's not who Jim Knowles is. Right. And you don't hire Jim Knowles to do that. You hire Jim Knowles to to have a, a, a an NFL complex-ish type of sure. scheme that allows you to, to be a, a, to attack. And, and so I think they're going to be a lot better in year two. So they really do. I got out my Lindy's and I'm looking at the position. Oh, you groups. Get that? I know, right? <laughs> Job. Uh, we'll, we'll call it a business expense. Uh, top off the defensive lines, the top 10, mm-hmm. right? Notre Dame plays three of them, mm-hmm. which I think Can is I very guess? interesting. Sure. So uh, Ohio State is Correct. one. I'm going to go Clemson being one in there. They're number four. Correct. And then Duke. Yeah, number 10. Yeah. Duke is number 10. And then if you With take former into Notre account- Dame nose tackle, Jamie on Franklin is one of their starters. That's, and they talk about him in here yeah. as well. So uh, then if you take into account the linebacking core, uh, there's two, which mm-hmm. 
should be fairly obvious. Clemson and Ohio Clemson State. Clemson and Ohio State, right. Clemson is one. Ohio State is five. So I think you're – There's only one in the DB. Isn't there only one in the DBs or is there two? Two oh, Clemson, Ohio State, and the DBs? Clemson, Ohio State, and DBs, and that is it. Yep. Yeah. And Notre Dame is obviously in the DBs as well. Right. Some people have Notre Dame's linebackers in the top <clears> ten as well. I saw one. I can't remember who it was, but one had Notre Dame's D-line in the top ten. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think it might have been Athlon. Okay. Now that I think about it. Because they're not in the one you just looked at, right, Vince? No. They're only in defensive yeah. backs. It could have been Athlon. I could be wrong on that, but I thought Ath- I thought one of the preseason rankings had Notre Dame's defensive line in the top ten. Let me just look here real quick, Vince. I could be completely making that up. Yeah, they're not in this one. I could have been making that up, but I thought I saw somebody <laughs> had their top their defensive line in the top ten. So uh, but yeah, so to back to that question, I think Ohio State because it's yeah. not just the D line, right? It's it's it's, it's, it's the uh, scheme, the D line talent, the and the and the linebackers. Because if you, I mean, if you take the rankings, let's say from from Lindy's, and you average them out from defensive line and uh, and, and linebackers, Clemson should be the number one yes. overall. Yes. But this scheme, which I don't agree with, by the way. Yeah, the I, scheme doesn't. I, I do tell not me that. agree that Clemson has better talent on the D line than, right. than Ohio State. I don't. Right. Uh, I think Clemson. I think Clemson's defense last year was considered really good, more on their reputation than right. than them actually being really good. I mean, you're talking Agreed. about a team, and, and here's the other part: you're talking about a team that just got absolutely ripped apart by Sam Hartman, and got ripped apart yeah. by Notre Dame, and could not stop Spencer Rattler in the second half either. I mean, that was only really the only that they Florida State had a good offense, and they gave, but they still gave up 28 points in that game. Right. They they were ranked as high as they were because they held a bunch of bad teams the only really good defensive game that i thought they played all year against a good team was against north carolina that's it yeah and every other team that they shut down they 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 weren't i just thought their defense was overrated last last year now i think they're going to be a little better this year because i think their offense is going to be better they don't have to carry the team the way they did last year but i think clemson's defensive defense was not as good as it was last year as or it was not as good as people thought it was last year Gotcha. But they're still living off the previous reputation. I mean, right. Clemson giving up 20.9 points per game last year is not good. They gave up 14.8 right. the year before. Right. And 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 in the non-COVID years, 13.5 before that, 13.1 before that, 13.6 before that, 18 before that. They hadn't given up over 20 points in a non-COVID season since 2015. <laughs> the first year they really made their their run, their big run. Yeah. So I'm, I just was not impressed with their defense last year. And again, they tried to come out and play mono and mono against Notre Dame because they thought their players were better than Notre Dame's players. And Notre Dame showed them very quickly that they were not. <laughs> right. They were not. And now you take the quarterback that actually shredded them in, in a game, right? And Sam Hartman, who, I mean, Vince, I'm, I'm just going to give his numbers again just because I like to do it. Against Clemson last year, Sam Hartman. Never led mind, Clemson to 45 points. He went 20 of 29 for 337 yards and six touchdowns. I was going to say, I thought this was the six-touchdown game. I was right. going to say that, but yeah. Right. He did that against Clemson. Now, I think one of the touchdowns, I believe, came in um, uh, came in, in overtime. I believe. I could be wrong on that. I can't remember, but I think it did. And then you're going to put that with the – the he's you're going to put him on the team that rushed for 260 – three yards against Clemson, right? I mean, that that's that's what we're talking about here. So, yeah, I'm not as worried about Clemson. I mean, maybe I should. I'm more worried about Clemson's offense next year than I am about their defense, to be completely honest with you. I just 
I think Notre Dame will have success against them. Um, and they did that, Vince, with that with throwing for 85 yards. Right. Oh, they were so one-dimensional. Because their game. secondary wasn't that good that last year. Like I'm seeing right. all these preseason rankings as Clemson secondary in the top 10. And I'm like, based on what? Did you not watch every good team they played last year just throw the ball on them? Right. Except Notre Dame, who didn't need to. But remember, that was the part of the matchup we felt really good about going into yes. the game. Yes. But we didn't want to, the, we, we didn't think that they were not that they couldn't do it, but the the, the chance of success was going to be better going and Vince, as opposed to running me before the game that Notre Dame's only going to pass for 85 yards. I'm like, it's oh my loss. god, this is going to be murdered. Or the the weather was so bad. Yeah, right. That like you know, like 15. If I'd have told you before the game that Deshaun Watson was going to throw for 91 yards, that you'd be like, man, Notre Dame's going to kill Clemson. Right. Right. I mean, but it was more of a weather thing. Really. Sure, and that's kind of partly why Notre Dame didn't throw the ball a whole lot is because of the weather. But the difference is, is Notre Dame needed that. We thought right they needed to be able to take some pressure off the run game. Didn't matter. No, they didn't. Didn't matter a lick. Not that day. Ohio State won't do that. Jim Knowles is not right. that dumb. Right. He, he, and it's and not only is he not dumb, that's just not who he is. That's not his defensive Correct. philosophy. It's not like he's got to tee stuff up for Notre Dame. That's just who Jim Knowles is. Right. And, and you know, that's just what he likes to do. So I'm just not um, – I just – yeah, I think that's going to be a tough – that's going to be a tough battle. Now, it's one Notre Dame can win because I think Notre Dame – if Notre Dame's receivers are as good as we think they can be, I think Notre Dame can make some plays in the pass game. And I think they can find ways to run the football in Ohio State. They just need to do so, right? And that's that's what Michigan has done. That's what teams that have had success against Ohio State sure. have done. They've been able to come out and run the football and be balanced. Yeah. Yep. They're going to need to do that. They weren't They weren't that last year. Adam Shipley has a question about Northwestern. Thoughts on the Northwestern situation? Uh, BD, did you see this coming? You never seemed as high on Coach Fitzgerald as others appeared to be. I've never cared much for him, honestly. I've heard a lot of stories about his dislike for Notre Dame. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. It just seemed very petty. And it's like, get over yourself, dude. You were a multi-time All-American. You won the Buckus Award. Like, you know, like, why are you still crying about not getting into Notre Dame? You know, just stop. I never heard anything about him being a bad guy because I never cared enough to ask. But he just kind of seemed like someone I just wasn't fond of. I never saw. Like, I didn't. I'm like, oh, I, I think secretly he's allowing this <laughs> right. basically sexual assault to happen on players in the locker room consistently. I mean, that's, that's what like a, a buddy of mine was like, you know, is this really that big a deal? And I'm like, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. You know what I mean? Like this is, first of all, it's against people's will based on what we're being accused of. And people say, well, he didn't know. Uh, then that's even, that to me, that's, that's worse. worse. That's worse. Because as, as yeah. far as, as far as your ability to keep your job. Correct. Right. Um, they're both bad. But the fact that you had so little control over your football team and everybody says like, you know, he was very in control of football. Then, then, then I definitely don't believe that you didn't know. Then he knew. Right. I mean, it can't be both. Right. Right. It can't, it can't be both. Right. Either you have control and you knew, right. or you this don't have control. This happened like one year during camp, and you had this group. Right. Of, this, you'll get this, Vince. You'll have this group of veterans that are just a bunch of D-bags. Sure. And, and, and every team will have that, and they yeah. just do things. You're like, dude, this isn't who we are. And then eventually, when you finally find out about it, like later that year in the offseason, you're like, well, I'm glad that guy's gone. Right. But you find out about it. This is something that supposedly happened like during some of these kids that report us the, their whole career. There's right. no way you don't know about that. Exactly. There's no way you don't know about that. Exactly. Then no they said way. that there was like lists hanging on the wall yeah. and like, uh, like, come on, man. Like, 
And if you didn't know, then then you're not doing your job. Correct. That's you don't more have a good leadership on. structure. Yeah. You don't have a good accountability structure. Right. You know, all, I mean, all that stuff. It, so so I just uh, it's a bad look. Right. And I didn't want to comment on it at first because I, you know, hazing, especially in this culture where we're very, let's just say this, we're a very sensitive society. It's a good word. Right. And use it that way. So I'm thinking like they made they made some kid who had long hair shave his head and like he's pissed and he's you hazed me. That's not hazing. That's right. you made some kid sing on you know in front of, at one of the team things and that's not hazing. That's that's team. I mean that's team that's bonding initiation. in some ways, right? It's exactly. And, and like I'm that. okay with that. I, I never. I mean, in college, I never believed in that. Like we're in college now. Like right, we can grow up. This isn't high school anymore. But like it, whatever. It is what it is. Right. Like, and if it was that, it's like, okay, you know, whatever. Hey, coach, don't do that anymore, and you move on. But then there's other types of hazing we've heard about that is that is really bad. You know, kids having instruments inserted into body parts, you don't want, you know, you, you should have a choice on whether or not something gets inserted into there. You know what I mean? Like, you hear about this appalling stuff, and you and it's like, there's so there's these two varying degrees of what people consider hazing. Right. Like, I don't view this as hazing. I view this as assault. Right. Right. Like that's, that's the way I look at it. Like this isn't hazing. Hazing is you make all the freshmen give, get buzz cuts. Right. You know, you make the freshmen sing at the talent show, right. You, you make a freshman stand up and sing in the cafeteria during fall camp. Okay. That's, that's hazing. It's like, whatever it's, we're in college. We shouldn't have to do that, but like, whatever it is, what it is. That's hazing. Mm-hmm. This isn't hazing. This is like such an appropriateness that it's just like, I, I don't even like, what kind of culture did you create? that you had a team full of veterans that thought this was okay. Right. In this era, in this day and age that you thought that was okay to do in your, like, that's not hazing, man. You know what I mean? Like Vince, that's not team bot. Hazing is meant to be some sort of, like you said, you used the right word. It's an initiation. Right. That we all kind of go through. Like mm-hmm. when you join the Marine Corps, what first thing you do, right? Right. I mean, that, in every right. movie that has Marine Corps, it's one of the first scenes. They all show that scene, right? Where they yeah. all get their hair cut off. Right. Okay. Whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> This isn't, that's not, that's hazing. Right. This is not hazing, in my opinion. This is assault. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, Vince, because I- No, I'm with you. I I always take a pause when I hear people being accused of of quote-unquote hazing, because I do think that we are overly sensitive as, as, as a- community as a nation as a whatever right. however you want to phrase it Stop right and I'm, people view is like oh that's so bad i'm like yeah yes. no it's not it's part of being a teenage boy you know what i mean right. like yes, exactly, yes, exactly. I, I, I you know i would love to talk about the things that that happened to me as a freshman in high school etc right like it it is what it is and i'm not mentally scarred or anything like that and nothing went was against the law or anything like that and that was hazing like you got hazed right. as a freshman and that's what it was right so I always hesitate and I want more information before I jump on the bandwagon right. of, of hazing, right? Right. In this particular situation, what happened was illegal. Like you can't, that's not allowed. You can't do that. And the buck stops with the head coach. Right. And if it's going on for seat years. Yes. Correct. Absolutely. Because right. sometimes then something can happen that you find out about, but you don't find about till the off season. Maybe it was off campus and it's something that, you know, you right. don't have a purview on. I get or that. The kids that didn't like it didn't tell you until they transferred out after the year. Right. That, but what, where, where a coach can't not know is when it goes on for years. years. Correct. And this supposedly happened for years. Right. Right. This was part of the program. I mean, yeah. this this was the atmosphere. This was the, you know, this is what they created. I mean, whether he initiated it or or not, 
it comes down to two things for me. He either knew about it and didn't say anything, didn't stop it. You get fired. Or he didn't know about it, which means he has no control over his program. You get fired. Like it, it leads to the same conclusion. And so when he was fired yesterday during the show, Brian, or I mean, uh, Sean and I's show, it didn't surprise me at all. Right. I, I was not surprised in any way, shape, or I was form. actually surprised because I thought they'd find a way to protect him, honestly. Okay. I thought they would because he's, you know, he's considered sometimes a little bit bigger than the institution. Sure. And you're even seeing it now. Like there are still people defending him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe the president hasn't come out publicly. Like Adam Rittenberg at, at, at ESPN like, he's made some comments. I'm like, dude, I feel like this guy's like trying to defend Fitzgerald here. Yeah. You know, like he, he put out the whole, the whole team said that, oh, so the kids accused basically of borderline rape uh are saying they didn't do it well that's the first uh, well they must be true it must you know what i mean like they're right. not uh, you know the president just, doesn't have to come out and say anything he made his statement right. by he firing do the a head coach. press conference he, yeah exactly nice. well i can't believe he wasn't in the zoom meeting dude i look i the players i don't owe y'all anything you guys right. are the ones that that, that that did this i don't right. owe you a dang thing exactly uh which is kind of weird I mean, I, I think a president should do that just because, again, you're the leader. You oh, need to step leadership. up and say, that's hey, th- this is going to happen. We're getting yeah. rid of the coach. We're going to find a replacement. And it's up to you guys to make sure this never happens again in your locker room. Correct. If you want to stay at Northwestern, if you want to be part of this program, you need to make sure that this is not happening. Because at the end of the day, that's the culture you're trying to create. Where Correct. if some knucklehead that's a D-bag wants to try to start <laughs> doing some of this kind of hazing, the other veteran walks up and is like, you do that again? And you and I are going to step into the shower and, and handle some grown folk business. And you're not going to like right. it. Right. You know what I mean? As yeah. like someone like, a, you know, some kid at Notre Dame does that in 2012 in Manti or Tyler Eifert or Zach or Capron Lewis Moore grabs that guy and says, you ever do that again? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're, you're going to feel some fire, right? It's, right? it's this and this right here. Right. I mean, that that's basically what it's going to come down to. If you want to be part of this team, don't ever do something like that again. Right. But you didn't have that type of leadership and culture because it was this was apparently deemed okay. And a lot of these players are like, yeah, this, there's nothing wrong. It's just part of who we are. It's part of coach making us men. No, that's not making you a man. No, that, that's, that's not. not. That's, Sorry. that's not. That's not making you a man. That's making you a, a clown is mm-hmm. what that is. Right. right? So yep, I'm with you. Yeah. So anyway, somebody said maybe the shower's not the right place. Yeah, that, I didn't say you go in there naked. I mean, you get, but it's just a it's shower. An isolated area exactly. where you can take care of business. That's exactly. what that is. Exactly. Yeah, not... No cameras. Correct. What's right. the one place you can't have cameras in a right in a in a locker, a locker room, room slash shower area? Yeah, well, you right. can have maybe in the locker room, maybe uh, depending Even on that. That's a stretch. Yeah. What, what depends on like. Yeah. What kind? If if you're talking about the locker room and like where you work out and practice every day, no. But if you're talking about like the game locker room where maybe kids aren't doing know, whatever game speeches and yes, stuff, but man, because you're going to have people not wearing clothes, you just you Correct. don't you just don't have cameras there. But you definitely don't have cameras in the uh, shower, and that's right. why you handle your business with discipline of your team in the lot in the shower in the shower right. area. Uh, so, um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of why you do it. 